Two Tell Podcast. You know, I'm your homegirl, Ronika. And uh, we have uh, a guest with us today. And you know, we always love having guests. So um, I'm going to be talking to Carlton Brooks about a little bit about what this is why and what's the next project that project series that he's going to be having coming up. So um, I want Carlton to quickly introduce himself and then we're going to talk about um, this project that is definitely near and dear to his heart and why he even wants to start this series and why now. Take it away, Carlton. Thank you, Ronika. Carlton Brooks and I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to do this collaboration about Stop the Silence, Stop the Violence to address some of the, um, the the impact that, you know, violence and gun violence has had in the, on our community. And I'm excited to tell some of the stories of uh, the survivors of the victims and how that has impacted them. All right. So, Carlton, I want to start with, like, where did this urge come from? Because um, if you aren't from the city of Ben Harbor, you don't watch news or anything like that. Why is this so important to talk about? Like, this isn't just something that just happens, like, once every 10 years. Like, what is almost, do you know the history of gun violence? And it's like, why the urge to talk about it now? I can, um, I can remember growing up, uh, I think it was probably 94, 93, 94, where we had, 11 murders in like a 10 day span here. Um, and violence, gun violence, uh, seems to, to kind of, you know, it seems to, it kind of, it seems to kind of be peaking now, um, where it's just so common, um, to hear gun violence now, Mm -hmm. you know, I live in the inner city. Um, and so it is not uncommon to hear gun violence in broad daylight during the day, um, especially when it's warmer outside. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, you know, in, in our town, um, there are individuals who, who who seem to believe when it's warm outside, instead of us enjoying the weather, you know, let's let's kind of create uh, some chaos, if you if if that's the correct term. Um, seeing young men. Uh, young women who um, I've either coached or worked with with in some capacity over the years, um, seeing them become, you know, victims of gun violence, seeing um, individuals I've coached um, be involved um, in gun violence cases, you Mm -hmm. know, um, who look like me, you know, who, walked the same hallways that I did in high school, who uh, walked the same streets, you know, that I did. And seeing how uh, there seems to be a numbness, you know, when it comes to um, gun violence um, in our community. I know it's a nationwide, you know, problem, but to have a city uh, so small, um, such a um, small population, and to have gun violence so prevalent, in our community, um, I felt like I felt this urge to to um, to to try to be the voice, one of the voices of the voiceless, to try to be um, an agent of change to 
you know, assist with what so many uh, churches and organizations and other individuals are already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I fe- felt like, felt led to um, to take on this issue, you know, to hopefully, hopefully bring some resolve, some change. So with um, calling to stop the silence, stop the violence, you definitely are trying to highlight those because um, we know gun violence, some are some cases are solved, but a lot of them are not. So is that the reason why you decided to name it Stop the Silence, Stop the Violence? Yes. Um, if you go back and do some research and, you know, um, I'm not going to call any names today, mm-hmm. you know, without having the permission, you know, of families, you know, family members, because we want to be respectful to them. Um, but there are countless um, unsolved murders, you know, in our city. And, uh, you know, there's a stigma sometimes in the black community that um, if you cooperate, if you, um, you know, tell investigators, you know, what you saw, you know, what you've heard, um, that you're labeled a snitch. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things with this initiative um, that I hope comes out of this is as we, you know, as you help us tell the stories um, of how family members have been impacted, you know, by gun violence. It may encourage um, individuals to put guns down. Uh, it, it may encourage individuals who have witnessed um, crimes, who have information, you know, that can lead to uh, uh, these these cases being uh, solved that will help them um, possibly come forward and, and, and choose an alternative to violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the the biggest things that we struggle with is conflict resolution. And so violence and not just gun violence, sometimes violence is a, um, the only option people, you know, choose sometimes. So at the end of, once we wrap the series and we um, begin telling the stories of those um, surviving family members of the victims is, what would be like the ideal outcome? Is it like having um, more people collaborating with the police, with the police force, or like it's just, it stops. I mean, in a perfect world, be like we have no gun violence whatsoever in Ben Harbor, Michigan. But um, because it's, it's alarming and it's frustrating, especially when you go on social media and you see the comments under the articles, oh, it's another shooting in Ben Harbor. I mean, we expect that that's heartbreaking because it's like that there's so much potential and so many beautiful things coming out of the city. So what would be that ideal outcome after um, the survivors and they have to, they're telling their story, but they actually also have to continue to live this life without that loved one. I feel like that was fully loaded, but yeah. Okay. One of the first things is um, for the, survivors of of the victims to understand that there are resources mm-hmm. uh, to assist them with dealing with grief um, as you know um, grief is is tough it's challenging mm-hmm. um, and you know it, it affects all of us uh, the, the other thing is hearing the stories of um, the family members the understanding that these were somebody's children mm-hmm. right um, some of them have children that are left here um, and they are motherless or fatherless. Uh, these are brothers, cousins, they are friends um, of individuals. Um, and, and hoping that, um, I know it may not, you know, um, 
end all gun violence, but it may prompt people to make make different choices. And and a, and the last thing is to try to step outside of yourself for a minute and um, understand that uh, what would you want somebody to do if it was your family member, if mm-hmm. it was your son, if it was your daughter, if it was your brother, if it was your cousin, um, and they were an eyewitness, you know, to the event happening. Um, and they knew information that would lead to the arrest of individual or individuals, uh, what would you want them to do with that information? Wouldn't you want justice for, you know, for your family member? And so to understand that it's, it's not just about you, but those, those family members, those that are survivors of the victims, they deserve justice as well. Mm-hmm. And also law enforcement, the last thing. Um, our law enforcement needs to be more accountable here. Uh, in December, you know, they did a press conference where they arrested uh, individuals and in, I think both Grand Rapids and, and Benton Harbor and I think maybe even Kalamazoo. They had 200 law enforcement officials involved in that. But where are those same law enforcement officials when it comes to um, these cold cases? Uh, when it comes to, you know, family members having questions about, you know, where are we in the investigation? And, and I get it. I know they can't share everything. They can't. But to feel like nothing's being done, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to have family members who, who've had uh, relatives that have been uh, killed 15, 20 years ago, and yet the case remains unsolved. So hopefully even some of those cases can come to some resolution. So I just noticed your wristband. So live in peace. Um, I was even just thinking about collaboration, so we're going to sidebar that, though. But, um, Carlton, what would be, um, if you could give in probably 30 seconds or less, um, how you want Ben Harbor to look? in the next five years? Um, I'd like to change the narrative from the outside. Uh, you and I know that it's, it, this is not um, one of the worst places um, in the world, but uh, when you consider, you know, how, how they take numbers and talk about per capita, you know, in, in regard to crime and um, the picture is painted that this is this is one of the worst places on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, do I feel safe in the city? Yeah, I do. Uh, for the most part, I don't, I don't I'm not fearful of walking down the street and, you know, being shot. I'm not I'm not fearful of that. Um, but in, in five years, I, I would. I would hope that the narrative has changed uh, both locally and nationally and people understand that uh, there are a lot of gifted people here. There are a lot of talented people here. Um, and this is a part of Southwest Michigan where uh, it's deemed to be a great vacation spot if you, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, <laughs> Google it or even look in some, some other parts of uh, the world where they, where they talk about our beaches and whatnot. Um, and, and that we remove that stigma of um of of the snitch mentality 
you know, in the black community where you're viewed as a as a snitch if you cooperate, if you hold people accountable and understand that it's not snitching, it's just holding people accountable, mm-hmm. right? And um, just hoping that we can do that. So as Ben Harbor continues to to change and transform, you know, if you ride down our downtown area and, and, and different parts of the city, there is change happening, you know. Um, so just just hopefully in the next in the next five years, um, we've made more strides in making this a, uh, a safer and better place. And finally, what would be your like PSA message almost for the young people that you work with, that you have worked with, almost like a cry for help to them? Like what what would you want to say to them? Because as a person that formerly worked with young people, it's I've seen it, I heard it, they know a lot, but what what would you say to them? Because I feel like they're really, um, it's affecting them the most. Uh, my message to them would be, um, don't don't make permanent decisions off uh, temporary emotions, and I think that goes back to. Uh, conflict resolution mm-hmm. um, you know I, I think sometimes when we hear the word conflict it has a negative connotation yeah and and and, and not understanding that not all conflict is bad um, two people can disagree and you know um, and effective communication right I can disagree with you but if I'm you know yelling screaming and shouting that, that's not the way I guess and that's a little longer than what you asked for but <laughs> um my, the, the the PSA announcement will be just don't don't make permanent decisions off temporary emotions. All right. So um, as we stated before, this is a collaboration with myself, the Final 48 Project and Carlton with Stop the Silence, Stop the Violence. Um, we really want to hear from those family members who family members and friends who have been affected by gun violence. So, Carlton, thank you for hanging out with us today on the Please Detail podcast. And um, turn your notifications on because these stories will be coming at you soon and um, definitely hoping that it will invoke some change in the Ben Harbor community and hopefully the nation and the world. So, again, this is your homegirl, Ronika, with the Please Detail podcast, and we'll see you later. Thank you.